And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I don't know about you, but I'm in the mood for something just uh, silly, meaningless, inane, call it whatever you will. Uh, How are you feeling this evening? I'm all right, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Um, I guess I'm, I'm game for something silly. Uh, and when I think silly and I think the DDT wrestling experience, uh, we have to go to food. And I'm looking at a, a website called bracketfights.com, which at first sounds inappropriate, but then it, it's just a series of tournaments. So wait, why? Why does it sound inappropriate? I don't know. Bracketfights.com. It's. Okay. Does that not sound inappropriate? I mean, it's not like it's bumfights.com or something. That must be where I'm awful. getting it. Yeah. Cause that I've heard people talk about that on podcasts where they're just, you know, people like homeless people get paid to beat each other up. Pretty so, exploitative. Yeah. Um, there there's one tournament here I definitely want to do, uh, and then we can sort of bounce around here. Uh how how are you? Uh Again, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, he's beating around the bush a little bit, besties. I don't know how much you've shared in Twitter. Probably nothing. But I shared with Glenn because he was the one uh, yeah. asking about last week's podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, my mom is having some issues. So she was uh, my parents. Both of them went down to uh, the Sunshine States for the winter, as is the thing in this country. And uh, not long after they got there, my mom was not acting herself, I guess. And so a hospital visit, an emergency room visit later, she's being transferred to a hospital an hour and a half away. And mind you, this is two days worth of driving away from where I live. So it's not like I'm going to be able to go and help out or anything like that, really. Um, and so she's been in the hospital for almost a week now. Although apparently, just learned this a few hours ago, released today. So she's doing well enough that she's stable. Although the initial issue that landed her in the hospital was a brain bleed. And they're not really sure exactly what caused that. So, you know, we've gone down some different roads here, different scans, different tests. Found a nodule in the lung which we're pretty sure at this point is benign. It doesn't have the appearance of anything worrying, so it's probably unrelated. And believe it or not, once you get to be like 60 or older, these sorts of nodules do show up on about 50% uh, of the scans that people have. They're just there. People develop them, and they don't really do anything. They're just there. You never even know you had them. And that's probably what we're looking at there. Um, also found some something, um, lack of a better term, in a kidney, which they're wondering if that could be related. Um, and the, the, her ending up being released today was because she finally saw the urologist 
they had seen an oncologist before who said, yeah, I mean, that might be something. Then they saw the urologist and the urologist today was like, yeah, that's nothing. That's that's not uncommon. I'm not concerned about that. Good. Maybe come and see me in two weeks. We'll do another CAT scan just to see if anything's changed. But that seems fine. And so really that leaves us with an unexplained brain bleed, which usually doesn't happen for no reason. And I think my dad, you know, my father is um, understandably maybe wrestling with a little bit of anxiety, certainly, you know, trying to navigate uh, decisions for a loved one far from home and all of that. And, you know, I think the neurologist, it's unclear to me, the neurologist, I think, sort of, um, a lack of a better term, upset him by basically saying, you know, it's hard because I'm not there and I'm getting everything secondhand. I think what the neurologist is trying to say is that the most likely diagnosis is this thing that is rare and is really a diagnosis by exclusion. And he's just not prepared to say that that's what it is because when you have a brain bleed, a hematoma, there's blood that gets uh, in the way of things like MRI imaging. So it's difficult to say with any degree of, you know, accuracy or precision that there's definitely nothing be ob- being obscured by the blood that's in the brain. And really the only thing you can do is wait for that blood to get reabsorbed, which means waiting like four weeks before you're going to get a good image out of another subsequent MRI. And again, I don't think my dad was like mad or anything about this. I just think he's sort of frustrated and feeling like, well, what's the story? What's the diagnosis? But there's there's no way to know. And I don't think the neurologist is trying to be cute about it. It's just he can't give a diagnosis by exclusion until he's actually been able to see everything that sure. he wants to be able to see. And honestly, brain bleeds typically don't happen for no reason. So he's looking for a reason, you know. Um but, you know, it's been a hairy week or so, but she's doing well. She's got some, uh, I'd say, memory issues as a result of the brain bleed, but that's not uncommon, obviously. So it's going to take some time, but it should go away. And we'll see where we are in three or four weeks. She's, again, she's stable enough that they release her from the hospital. There'll be some follow-up visits to just double-check the kidney, again, to go for an MRI. But at the moment, okay. Hopefully my dad is holding up okay because he yeah. obviously has a history of heart problems and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, so, but uh, it's, it is what it is one day at a time. All right. Well, thank you for filling us in. I will speak for every bestie uh, and all the people listening. The, the Manson family are, are in our thoughts. Are the, the positivity is surrounding you. Uh, you're just covered in our positivity we are standing dripping we are standing all around you in a circle and we are just thrusting our positivity upon you a positivity (laughs) i guess i'm not there's a word i would say there but uh, yeah all right okay which which would make for a, a a very confusing title of the show we won't do it no no we won't but starts with a b it's not a car. Nope. Positivity Bugatti. All right. Positivity Buick. <laughs> I might actually be closer. Um, 
Uh, sandwiches or McDonald's items? What would you like to start with? Uh, give me that McDonald's. All right. This is the, the best McDonald's food item. Once again, I did not make these. This is from bracketfights.com, not to be confused with bumfights.com. Uh, the bacon barbecue burger or the Big Mac? I've never had a bacon barbecue McDonald's burger because I don't think they're available stateside unless they're just like a specialty item that's available occasionally. I will give it to the Big Mac. And, you know, it, since we're, it's, we're a topical podcast, DC Matthews, yes. I just want to say that about three hours ago, McDonald's announced that it will be bringing back the double Big Mac. I don't know if you're familiar with the double Big Mac. It I, is a Big Mac in which they double the patties from two to four. Why? Because it's bigger. Do they add more bread or is it just? Well, I mean, the Big Mac already has three pieces of bread. I will actually say the Big Mac to me, I don't think I've ever eaten a Big Mac. Um, to me, the bread to meat ratio has always been off. So perhaps this uh, cardiac event waiting to happen um, will be will be better. Yeah, I, it sounds good and I would eat it. So uh, next up, we have the classic quarter pounder with cheese. And then it looks like some sort of ice cream with M and M's in it. I oh, is that the McFlurry? I, that might be the McFlurry. That might. That be is the M and M McFlurry is in fact my favorite McFlurry. So I, I, while the quarter pounder is a solid cheeseburger, um, I would typically, and I do order it occasionally. Um, I do think the Big Mac is more the poster child, and I feel like if I'm going to do a regular burger. I prefer a double cheeseburger slash McDouble to the quarter pounder. I don't know what it is about the ratio of the uh, toppings. Mm -hmm. It just makes that that McDouble, that double cheeseburger more appealing. Um, but so I will give this to the McFlurry. Just out of curiosity, and I know we've had this conversation before. How often are you going to McDonald's? I'd say once a month. Okay. You once every 15 years? If we're talking just to get fries, once, maybe twice a year. Okay. Sandwiches, yeah. Once, once every <laughs> uh, I eat out a lot, honestly, and I do eat, uh, I'd say, fast food more often than I should, but not, I don't, I don't think a ridiculous amount. No, I'd say at once most, a month, I think, is totally fine. Well, that's not counting the other fast food I'm getting, so... I would say fast food is more like a once a week or once every other week occurrence. I still, so, I, I still also don't think that's terrible. I don't, I don't think so either. I, I don't think so either. But I, I would, to be honest, it's probably somewhere in there. When I'm bad, it's probably once a week. So. Okay. The double quarter pounder. Oh, that's good. Although or, it's a bit, it's too much meat. Yeah. Or a quarter pounder with cheese that also has bacon on. Now that. I have had because that's something that has been on the menu the last couple of years uh, in the States. I remember when I went to Canada, Montreal, this probably would have been around, mm, I don't know, was that 2004, 2008? I can't remember. Maybe 2008. That was in grad school. Okay. But regardless. Then not um, 2004. There you go. Um. I went to a McDonald's there because I was in Montreal. Everything was all French. And McDonald's just felt 
yep. safe, a little yep. slice of home, you know? And I was very surprised when I went in there because, yeah, bacon burgers were just part of the menu up there. And at that time, I don't think I had ever seen bacon on a McDonald's burger stateside ever. So I pigged out on uh, bacon burgers when I was up uh, in Canada. And but of course, now they do have them. And what was my options? The bacon burger or the double quarter pounder? Correct. Ah. <clears throat> I will go with the double quarter pounder. It is too much meat, but I do feel like the um, the general flavor of a McDonald's burger is such that the bacon is completely lost, which is hard to do. It's bacon, but it's lost. You're going to need to explain this one to me. All right. The double cheeseburger. Yes. Versus the McDouble. Okay. Are they so, not the same thing? They are not the same thing. Um, so they are both a bun with two of the smaller sized patties. They also have ketchup and mustard, uh, diced onions, yes. and a couple of pickles. Yeah. Now, the difference between the two of them is the double cheeseburger has a single slice of American cheese on each of the patties for a total of two slices. The McDouble only has a slice of American cheese between the patties and not on top. First of all, I love you for knowing that off the top of your head. Second of all. You're welcome. Second of all, I love that they can justify, oh, this has one less piece of cheese. Third of all, how have they not done a burger that has like 17 slices of pickle? I don't know. They they now have um, a chicken sandwich. Now that everybody has introduced their you know, better fried chicken sandwich to try to compete with uh, the Chick-fil-A's of the world. And their default for the fried chicken sandwich now is pickles. That's it. There's no sauce. There's no lettuce. There's no tomato. It's literally just bun, chicken, two pickles, which is not enough pickles. That's Why are we being stingy with the pickles? This is not the most expensive product you have. Correct. In fact, if you, I think that sandwich would be a thousand times better if they would just slap 12 or 15 pickles on it. That's it. You call it the McPickle. And you can get either a chicken version. You can even do a fish version. And it is just... The next is, time I order one, I am going to ask for extra pickles and see if they will accommodate. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get three. Probably, but I'm going to try. Yeah, I think. And then the next time after that, you go, look, I want eight pickles. <laughs> Sir, we'll have to charge you an extra $17. I don't care. It's worth it. Give me That is the funny thing about the double cheeseburger and the McDouble is the double cheeseburger typically is like 75 cents more than the McDouble. So the McDouble, unless you really are hankering for that second slice of cheese, is the better deal. And I know there must be people who have a preference. Like I want a cheesier bite or I want a less cheesy bite. Which one are you going for, sir? Uh, I am... I am frugal, so I will almost always go for the McDouble. It's a, it's a better bang for your buck. A cheeseburger or a hamburger? Mm, I'll give it to the cheeseburger, although I will say, in both of those cases, I do not prefer either the hamburger or the cheeseburger from McDonald's. The Much like you were saying about the Big Mac, the ratio of bread to meat yeah. is incorrect. There's way too much bun, not enough meat no. on the regular hamburger and cheeseburger. I remember as a kid getting the two cheeseburger value meal 
and mm. taking one, taking the top bun off of one and just moving everything over to the second one and just making my own double cheeseburger. Yeah. The, the McDouble and the double cheeseburger really is what you want mm-hmm. if you're going to eat at McDonald's, I think. The flavor profile is, is great. I also feel like I and remember... And the ratio is more appropriate. I also feel like I remember when they introduced the idea of supersizing and I thought we were living in the future. You mean you, mean you will give me more fries and huh. more soda? I could be wrong. Two, two things. Two things about that. One, I don't remember them introducing the supersize me. To me, if it has always felt like something that just always existed. Two, when did that go away? Because I don't think that's a thing anymore. Like probably after that documentary, they probably quietly phased it out. Yeah. But like I Okay. Well, I don't so, think that's a thing anymore. So clearly we're wrong. We're both wrong. I am wrong okay. in that they introduced it in nineteen eighty seven. I was not four years old being like, this is the lap of luxury. Um, <clears throat> actually, you're not wrong. They, dis- they did discontinue it in 2004. Oh, Citing okay. needs to simplify the menu and to offer healthier food choices at McDonald's. Out of curiosity, when did the movie That's Super Size exactly what I'm me trying come to out? figure out? I want to say that was more like 2010. Uh, 2004. I think we have our answer. There we go. I, I will say that We're Super Size Me documentary Croc. is um, very disingenuous. Sure. And I actually don't think, I mean, as somebody who eats at McDonald's, don't get me wrong, I am not the epitome of health. I am not an Adonis or by any means. But like, I do not think eating at McDonald's is inherently unhealthy. I, 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 I will probably argue till I am blue in the face that you could eat a Big Mac every day for the rest of your life, and that in and of itself is not problematic. Okay. I think if, it's a, if it is indicative of the choices you are making outside of that, then yes, that might Perhaps. be Perhaps. Yeah. But on its, on its own, no. Cheeseburger, hamburger? Cheeseburger. I prefer the cheese. Uh, chicken nuggets, a four-piece. I don't know why we're specifying. Maybe a six-piece is later in the tournament. Versus the artisan grilled chicken sandwich. I'm not even sure if that's the new one. Oh, a grilled chicken. I don't think they have that grilled on the menu chicken. anymore. Um, I will go with the chicken nuggets. With the chicken nuggets. The McNuggets? Yes. Uh, a buttermilk crispy. I, I, just to give you a bit of an insight, though. Yes. When I do go to McDonald's, I do almost always get the McNuggets. And I do typically get the six piece. Now I'm splitting that with someone. So I remember at one point getting a 20 piece for myself. And after like 10 being like, I am going to projectile vomit out of this car. (laughs) The buttermilk crispy chicken sandwich. Again, don't think it exists anymore. Or a McChicken biscuit. Which I don't is, think I've ever had that. Which is literally looks like a chicken patty like you'd get from a school lunch in a business. Is the former one? No, that's a that's a McChicken. I was going to say the one for the dollar menu. Um, I guess I'll go with that chicken sandwich, but I, I have no real preference there. Mm-hmm. Chicken McGriddles 
That's the one with the maple flavor in yes. the uh, English muffin. Or the buttermilk crispy chicken tenders. Again, I, that does not, that's not on the menu anymore. Um, I don't know when this was made, to be honest. I, and honestly, I don't know if the McGriddle's on the menu anymore, I, although I think they are. I do not like the McGriddle. I will, I will take a uh, just an egg McMuffin sandwich any sure. day of the week over it. But of the two, I, I, would, I guess I'll give it to McGriddle. I don't know. All right. We are into uh, round two here. Big Mac or the McFlurry? Uh, 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 the Big Mac, I guess. That Thousand Island dressing. I'm sorry. The secret sauce. The secret sauce. We can't, uh, can't be giving away any trade secrets here. Um, it's a very, very lovely palate. Uh, it's a splash of flavor. Nice tang. I enjoy it. So I do like the Big Mac. The Double Quarter Pounder or the McDouble? Definitely the McDouble. It's got the better ratio of meat to bread to flavor. Mm-hmm. Like It's just that. It, it, the Double, you would think, because the Double Quarter Pounder is very similar. It's got two meat patties. It's still got the single bun. It's even got, I think, pretty much the same toppings, except instead of the diced onions, it's got like the um the sliced onions that are larger. But like the ratio to of meat and bread to pickle to like the ketchup mustard isn't right. The tang isn't there. The dub the McDouble really is to me the the menu item with the most perfect you can read that as hear that as addictive. I don't know. But like the perfect the most perfect flavor profile, I think on the McDonald's menu is the McDouble. All right. Apparently there was an entire other half of the bracket they decided we didn't need to do. So hold on. <clears throat> the McChicken, oh. the McChicken versus the filet of fish. Okay, so the McChicken, if I'm correct, I think that's the one from the dollar menu, which just has that little fried chicken patty, the lettuce and the mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. And I would order those by the $5. Oh yes. When we so I mean, I'm going to give that to those for sure. All right. We have uh, salads because that's what people are looking for here. Um, the bacon. Ra- so both of these are bacon ranch salads. The question is, do you want grilled chicken or crispy chicken? I want the crispy chicken. But if I'm in a place where I'm ordering, I, I mean, in my life, if I'm in a place in my life, that I'm going to McDonald's and ordering a salad, I would probably convince myself to get the grilled chicken. Okay. <clears throat> uh, this is a great matchup here. The Southwest grilled chicken salad or French fries? Uh, French fries. Apparently, these are not seated because you can shuffle them. Why is this now frozen? That Excellent. I was going to say, that would be hilarious if we can... No longer do this. Shut up. All right, here we go. Nope, here we go. (laughs) You know, we're a topical podcast, DC Matthews. So I wanted to let you know that eight hours ago, after 54 years, Fruit Stripe Gum has been discontinued. What? With the zebra? An icon of the gum world. 
has experienced its final chew. I'm I'm devastated to hear that. It um it only tasted good for about three seconds. That's really it. I definitely was thinking that. All right, let's see here. We have, you know what? Screw it. Doesn't matter. Cheeseburger or chicken nuggets? I'll go with the chicken nuggets. Crispy chicken sandwich or chicken McGriddle? Crispy chicken sandwich. All right. Uh, The McChicken or the French fries? Eh. See, it's funny. Back in the day, I would literally go to McDonald's and get some, with my $5 bill, we get some mixture of double cheeseburgers and McChicken sandwiches. And I would not get any fries. So in some way, it makes me feel like those are my two favorite items and they probably should be coming out on top here. Mm-hmm. However, McDonald's french fries are delicious. They can be oversalted sometimes, which can be problematic. They can be undersalted. They can be undersalted. That is the, they're, they're, that's not true. Uh, it is rather disappointing to make the decision to pull into that McDonald's drive through to order the fries and to then discover that they are either slightly cold or they're not as seasoned. And, you know, the the ability to dunk in the ketchup when they give you the little tearaway packets while traveling. I wish they invested in, you know, a, a more easily dunkable thing. Um, they're delicious. They are the best thing on the menu, in my personal opinion, when they're right. The issue is they're not always right. So, hmm, I'm still going to give it to the fries. All right. Uh, So we are down here to uh, our final matchup before we are in the final four. The Big Mac or the McDouble? Did you weigh in on that already? We did. No. No. No, I think we did. I don't think so. We did the McDouble versus the double quarter pounder. Oh, okay. Yes, you're right. Then the Big Mac and the McDouble. Yeah. I think... I like them both. I really do. Um, But I think I have to come down on the side of the McDouble with everything that I said. I will say, these days, I think I am more likely to order a Big Mac than a McDouble. But when I want that specific flavor profile of the Mm -hmm. McDouble, nothing else will do. All right. Well, this is perfect now because we're down to the final four and I'm going to change things up. Uh, I would like you to rank these for me, please. The McDouble, the chicken nuggets, a McChicken sandwich, and the French fries. What would be your ABCD of those four items? Move the fries to after the McDouble. And you can leave the rest of it alone. So we've got the McDouble number one, then the fries, then the nuggets, and finally the crispy chicken sandwich. I think so. All right. I'm really, I know this is the way it worked out, but the McChicken for the dollar menu 
is the one I would really put in that fourth slot. <clears throat> yes. I would agree with that. The fact that they do not have a dollar menu, you know, my parents can tell me about the time when they were able to get gas for a dollar a gallon. I will tell my nephews about the time that you could get a sandwich or a like, because it wasn't the quarter pounder. Was it a double cheeseburger? Yeah. Double cheeseburger. For a dollar. Yep. And those were good times. Well, there, there we go. I'm a little hesitant to do another one of these brackets because there were just problems aplenty with the formatting. Perhaps they're not meant to be done on a Chromebook. But thank you to uh, Bracket Fights. Uh, <clears throat> I have no wrestling news of note. Tony Khan is uh, throwing shade at Jinder Mahal on Twitter. And then Eric Why? Fish. Uh, I think it was the USA Network Twitter account tweeted something praising Jinder Mahal. So Jinder Mahal was the guy who came out to, when The Rock showed up. He was the foil for The Rock. Uh, Jinder is getting a title shot against Seth Rollins next week on Raw. And so the USA Network Twitter account mentioned something and Tony Khan decided to sort of subtweet that talking about how you know, um, everybody throws shade at Hook, Taz's son, who's gone, who has some ridiculous win-loss record uh, and is getting a title shot, and everybody thinks that is bogus. But Jinder Mahal, who is this ridiculous character, gets a title shot, and nobody bats an eye. And that led to a series of Eric Bischoff commented, and then Tony Khan was making comments about Eric Bischoff and they were having a Twitter exchange back and forth. And it's just, just shut up. Let your company do what they need to do. Let them, let them don't be the newsmaker. But again, otherwise, well, outside of the fact that Jinder Mahal is getting a title shot, we're getting, a, he's say facing Seth Rollins. So we're getting a rematch of the finals of the first NXT title tournament. So I don't know. Don't hinder gender. That's all I'm saying. Is Jinder Mahal still like regularly employed by WWE? Yes. He had been injured for a while. He went down to NXT briefly. He's not on television a lot. I think they brought him out because they needed somebody that everybody was going to boo when The Rock came out and Baron Corbin's down in NXT. And he got a lot, a good response. So now he's, you know, getting a title shot. And people are going to cheer him now because everybody's sort of rallying around gender now that Tony Khan's belly aching about it. So, huh. But otherwise, the Rumble's coming up. That's always exciting for a wrestling. I just want to say DDT wrestling was always on the side of gender Mahal. I, I agree. That last, uh, championship the, that long reign that he had i seem to remember we we talked mm -hmm. pretty favorably about that when it was happening absolutely yeah the the sing brothers the bollywood boys yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, i i have no problem with him beating rollins and having the title like you want somebody for you know whether it's cm punk or you want somebody for damian priest to cash in on who has the money in the bank briefcase like that that's the guy so. Out of curiosity, yes. 
Is the Miz still around? He is. Is he, is he like regularly featured? Uh, yes. You know, he's. I. I don't know. I don't know. About I was just thinking regular. about folks who I actually came to enjoy. Sure. Watching, and I was just kind of wondering. I don't what's know. Been up to. I don't know about regularly featured. Uh, he was teaming with DIY. He's a babyface right now, which is always unusual. Um, he had a great match with Gunther for the IC title. That was very good. Um, or so I heard. Uh, yeah. You know, he's around. He's not doing a huge amount, but he's he's there. I think he's at the point in his career where he can come in, work for a couple of months, leave for four or five months, come back. You know, that sort of veteran status. The kind of status Dolph Ziggler once had. Dolph Ziggler, who is now, I don't know if we talked about this last time, uh, showed up in New Japan at the New Japan sort of WrestleMania show that was last week. He walked out. You know, they, he was in the crowd. He did the NXT spot of he comes out in a suit with his brother, who's also a wrestler, sits in the crowd, gets into it with the son of uh, Fit Finley, and... Um, you know, now looks like he's going to be wrestling for New Japan, at least in the short term. I don't know. What's his name again? Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> no, his, uh, his brother. Nick, Nem- uh, Nick Nemeth is Dolph, and his brother is Ryan Nemeth. Ryan. Yeah, and Ryan Nemeth has been in uh, AEW. I've seen him on Ring of Honor. So I imagine. They kind of look similar, don't they? They kind of have the same do. facial structure. They do. I imagine. Uh, Nick Nemeth will eventually make his way to AEW, but right now he appears to be uh, doing the Japan thing. Uh, right. Matt, Matt Riddle is also going to Japan, which makes me no longer interested in what's going on currently in Japan. But yeah, that's for the best. Yeah. Uh, we have some emails to get through podcast at ddtwrestling.com. And I'm, fasc- I'm fascinated here because the first two. Uh, have almost identical, well, that's not true, but they both reference WCW. So I will be interested to see if there are any similarities here between Glenn and Nate's email. The one I have first is from Glenn, the bestest of all besties, WCW Invasion. Hi, guys, it's 2001. No, no, I'm sorry, Glenn, it's 2024. (laughs) Um, You've missed the last 23 years. Were you in a cryopod? Um, no, okay, it's 2001, coming up to the Survivor Series. Here's a WCW versus WWF traditional five-on-five five match, totally different to what we got. Who do you have winning? Thanks, Glenn Double N, no period. Ooh. WCW colon Goldberg, Nash, Sting, Flair, Sid Vicious, WWF, Austin, The Rock, The Undertaker, Triple H, and Kurt Angle. Oh, if only the invasion had been that good. Um, yeah. I give that to WWF all the way. I agree, and not just because the WWF was always going to win whatever invasion was happening. Um, but yeah, that's you've got the youth of Angle and even you know Triple H and The Rock. You've got yeah, Sid Vicious can eat that pin no problem if his leg doesn't break. Um, maybe even if it does. Yeah, 
But that's, you know, that would have been good. The, the issue with the WCW invasion, which has been talked about a thousand times, Goldberg didn't show up right away. Sting never went, or at least not until the hilarious run in the mid-2010s. Ric Flair went eventually. Um, Sid never went back. Nash showed up eventually. But they, you know, the WCW, was, it was Booker T and Friends. And then you had the ECW guys as well. So uh, what could have been had they been able to bring everybody over? That would have been a great match. And yes, WWF would have won. Uh, Nate, WCW 2.0. Good afternoon, my friends. I wasn't around or at least not old enough to be watching wrestling at the time. So I have to ask, did WCW self-sabotage before their demise? It seems like that's what AEW is doing. I don't want him to fail, but it's become impossible for me to root for their success. Between Sammy saying he wanted to... Huh. Um, yeah. Sammy have non-consensual Garber. intercourse with Sasha Banks. He said that. Uh, I don't know the specifics, but I huh. also don't care about Sammy Guevara. So. Oh, Right. For some reason, when I said Sammy, I was thinking Sammy Zayn, and I was like, <laughs> "What? No, Sammy no. Guevara." Okay, yes. All right. it still doesn't make it okay, but yeah, that makes more sense. Um, the all-out fiasco with the elite slash punk, Matt Hardy's ex-wife saying he has CTE now because of the concussion he got in a match he shouldn't have finished. Yeah, they they apparently are. They have split up, and the wife, Rebe, Rebe Hardy, has taken to uh, social media. There's some, some video of Matt kind of looking a little off, and her, like, the caption was just CTE, baby, or something like that. I, I don't, I don't want to cast dispersions at anybody, especially folks I don't know, but, but I'm gonna. And... Um, I don't know about you, but like everything I saw, those little glimpses, you know, during that broken Matt Hardy when they were independently producing the stuff, the Hardy compound, all the little glimpses and stories we heard of all the backstage stuff about Rebe, Rebe, whatever. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, and Matt Hardy, um, I don't know that I, either of them strike me as the most straightforward honest um yep no opposite of disingenuous yeah. people yeah. you know what i mean so like i don't i think you gotta take it with a grain of salt uh i don't think any of that makes sense ct also is not something that gets diagnosed until after you're dead and you can kind of open the brain and actually die so like that's again it's not really a thing so you know whatever but okay um Jericho being a creepy perv and somehow the worst of it all being Tony acting like a child and tweeting every few hours to defend the show and smack talk fans slash WWE and now other wrestlers. I don't even like gender, but now I hope he wins Monday just to stick it to Tony. He's not fit to be an owner. He act I actually quite enjoyed uh, Night Swim. It was what I thought it would be and had some good scares and effects. Have a wonderful night, your bestie, Nate. I'm glad that you enjoyed Night Swim. I will say... I actually think it looks all right for even the complaining that I, I, I did last time. I do think like they set a good atmosphere in that trailer. I thought it looked like an enjoyable way to spend an hour and a half or so. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, 
we will assume that Nate meant that, yes, the worst of it is what Sammy Guevara said. That, that has to be the worst of it. Tony tweeting about Jinder Mahal and calling or, you know, all well, of that. You know, Sammy's statement was the worst thing. However, I could see Tony's general attitude as being the thing that you yeah. find most concerning from the standpoint of whether or not this company is capable of being successful since he is leading the company yeah. ostensibly. Doesn't they mean have, it's the Sammy the thing is a worse thing to say, no doubt. Yes. Yes. The World's End press conference. Tony Storm comes out, makes Tony put on a wig and sunglasses. And then he gets a question, I think, regarding to Jericho and the treatment of women wrestlers and all of that. And does not take off the silly wig and glasses to answer that serious question. Now, would it have looked slightly disingenuous for him to have taken off the wig and sunglasses? Probably. I don't know that there was a, a right way to handle that situation, but it's... But see, the issue I have with that is... Um, well, I mean, I'm with you that Tony didn't handle it correctly, but I also don't understand why that question is being asked at a post-pay-per-view media scrum, where ostensibly that is something being used to further storylines. Like, that's not the venue for journalism. Well, so so this is the problem. I don't like the post-pay-per-view or PLE media scrums. I don't like WWE no, doing it. They probably shouldn't what exist. You're, what you're doing is you are giving legitimacy and credence to people who are not actually journalists. Exactly. You're, you're giving press and media credentials to a guy like Sean Ross Sapp or yep. any of these other people who are who are doing scoops with a Z. And mm-hmm. doing all of this sort of stuff, and you're you're making them feel like they are. Ve- Don't do it like that. If you're like that, question should not have been asked at that venue. Yes, the, that's it. If you want to do those press conferences as a way to actually further storylines and make it part of the show, fine. That that would be a very interesting way to do something new because we haven't done that before. But giving people time to be able to ask whatever question they want. And yes, sometimes it's cool when Triple H is real and sort of, you know, explains things. And but. now again, I'm not getting butthurt about somebody asking Tony Khan a serious question. Like, I do think that that's a question he needs to be asked and that which he needs to actually give a proper answer. Yeah. It's an important issue, potentially. I just question whether that was the appropriate place to be doing it. And you could argue with me, I suppose, that, well, if that's not the appropriate place, a media press conference, what is? And you're right. And I think that goes back to the point that you're making about, is this part of the entertainment or is this news? Because this can't, this shouldn't be both. Yeah. And and it also comes down to what Nate is referring to and what I have talked about. Paul Levesque can sit in a press conference get a serious question like that and actually provide a thoughtful and serious answer. I don't trust Tony Khan to do that. Uh, so he and, I mean, part of that is because of the differences in the companies, right? Yeah. Like WWE is a publicly traded. Co- well, are they anymore? Are they private now after the no, Endeavor deal? Gone, 
I think they've gone private, but they were. Anyways, they are a much larger organization where something like the concept of media training is a thing that actually exists. Paul Levesque has sat down with experts who have coached him on the proper way to answer questions in a media briefing setting. Tony Khan is a rich boy who has surrounded himself likely with yes men. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, there's probably a much larger organization around the NFL team that his family is involved in. And Mm -hmm. ostensibly, he should be exposed to some amount of media training from that. But I'm not convinced that he is because WW, I'm sorry, AEW feels more like, uh, this isn't the right word, feels more like a hobby to him than a serious business endeavor. I'm sure this, it is a serious business endeavor, but I'm not trying to make that dispersion, but I, I think hobby's a great answer. I've spent many an hour making a WWE universe mode on a video game. Tony Khan has enough money that he can do that in real life. He is playing a video game with all of these people and he gets the cool ones and those are his friends and he can, you know, sort of that's how he comes across to me is, is he is literally playing human chess. He is the young Dauphin playing human chess. And if that's not what he is, if that's really not what he is, well, that is the persona that he is displaying publicly. So if this is all a work, he's doing a very good job making that his public character. Now, to answer Nate's question, yes, and I will recommend, Nate, uh, that you find a way to get your hands on. I would recommend The Death of WCW, the 10th anniversary edition. It is a book. Uh, It is by Brian Alvarez, who may be one of those wrestling journalists that we just talked about. There is also a book called Nitro by Guy Evans. I have read them both. I like the death of WCW more. Uh, It will walk you through the entire history and you will see just how badly they did uh, from 98 through 2001. Um, And I would imagine you will see some comparisons uh, that you can draw between WCW and AEW. They're not identical, but there are elements that you're like, oh, yeah, they're doing that, too. Uh, Pav Gladiators. Hi, guys. This Saturday is a historic day in the UK. For the first time in nearly a quarter century, Gladiators returns to terrestrial TV on the BBC. Gladiators was a UK Saturday night icon in the 90s. Just like the Monday Night Wars, just like the Super Bowl, families would gather around every Saturday evening to watch it. It had a huge cultural and societal impact on the fabric of UK life. It's it's something me and Kevin Johnson have been fondly discussing in the Instagram Find Your Happy Chat this week. Okay. Didn't know there was an Instagram Find Your Happy Chat. Good. Where we were debating if it will recapture that same 90s magic, especially with how TV culture has changed now. Below is a picture of Kevin Johnson's favorite gladiator then and now. Her name is Jet. And there's a picture. My question for you is, did you ever watch the American version? 
Did it have the same cultural and societal significance as the UK version did? What did you think of your version? Well, let's stop there. Um, yes, I watched American Gladiators, and I do believe it briefly had some cultural impact. Uh, it was not long-lasting, though. No, definitely not. The only um, I think the only name I think I can remember is Nitro Turbo. Yeah, if, yeah, um, yes. It was a it was a big deal. Uh, I want to say like Steve Urkel competed. Like there was a you know it it broke through into there were TV shows like your your sitcoms had some gladiator elements to it, uh, but it went away very quickly. It kind of reminded me of, even though they treated it much more seriously, it, it felt like an, and I actually, I don't even know if time-wise if this is correct, but it felt like a prototype for something like Wipeout. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, and well, I think that's where we're heading with the with Bob's huh. email here. But yes, absolutely it did. Uh, or did you prefer other game shows of similar ilk, such as American Ninja Warrior or Takeshi's Castle or uh, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge? which was great. Wipeout, again, similar sorts of things. Or maybe there is one that us Brits have never heard of that you would like to share. I really enjoy Flora's Lava on Netflix, particularly the episode with best friends members Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Didn't know that. Below is a picture of the American Gladiators. Did you have a favorite like Kev? Mine from the UK version was Fox. Do you have a favorite below? No. I don't recognize any of them. No. Though the guy on the right has a Triple H hairstyle. He'd win a DDT award for that hair. I think the guy in the middle might be Nitro. I spent September to December 2023 watching the 97 UK version adjacent with September to December 97. I'm assuming wrestling to supplement the tab method. But it's great to be old enough to watch in real time starting this weekend. I am disappointed in the BBC marketing team for not doing enough promotional and marketing work to hype such a big return and had a huge rant about this on LinkedIn this past week in the social media and PR campaign sections. But I still remain upbeat and excited for Saturday. Pause. Fun fact. The world's oldest wooden wheel had been around for more than 5,000 years. It was found near the Slovenian capital of Ljubljana, Ljubljana in 2002 and is now housed in the city's museum. Radiocarbon dating was used to determine the wheel's age. Reader's Digest. I am glad they still have that because that means we did not have to reinvent the wheel. I didn't know LinkedIn had a social media like posting component oh yeah i've never it's probably done, the weirdest social network i've never done linkedin i have so. a linkedin but i regret it fair enough uh our last email comes from brandon banks titled you were serious Two weeks ago, when you guys asked for our opinion and or input on whether or not DDT continues, I thought you guys were joking. I just assume it's a bit at this point. And you're mostly right. Uh, my opinion, bring back the hypotheticals or why bother doing a show at all. Keep up the work or don't. Whatever. Sent from my iPhone. We just want someone to care. 
I don't know where the hypersynicals went. I forgot about them. Yeah, we'll we'll bring them back for the the last couple episodes. We'll bring them back. Uh, Doc Manson, I will understand if you would like to pass on this section. Uh, but normally, this is the time in every show where I ask if you have a piece of positivity. Oh, right. Um, Again, I understand. No, no, you... no. It's, uh, hmm. I, um, uh, er, um, hmm. Um, you go first. Okay. <laughs> uh, I will take you back to 2005, because, of course, that's where I spend some of my time, time traveling through wrestling. Uh, and I will take you to No Surrender, TNA's pay-per-view uh, from 2005. I did not watch the whole thing, because that's not how I do this. But I will say we are entering the good, the goody goods times of, of TNA. Because on this show, what I did watch, Samoa Joe versus Chris Sabin. Samoa Joe has recently arrived in TNA. We are a few months away from the Joe Styles Daniels era. Um, great match with Chris Sabin. Fantastic match. Uh, I saw Monty Brown teaming with Kip James, a.k.a. Billy Gunn, to take on uh, Conan and Ron the Truth Killings. By the way, R-Truth is killing it in WWE in 2024. Uh, He is back. He's trying to be a member of the Judgment Day. He is being goofy and ridiculous, and it's amazing. Uh, AJ Styles taking on Sean Waltman, a.k.a. Six-Pac, a.k.a. X-Pac, a.k.a. The One, Two, Three Kid. That match was good. Christopher Daniels versus P.D. Williams, which was good. And in our main event, Raven takes on Abyss in a dog collar match. There are thumbtacks. There are chairs. And in the end, we get the debut of Rhino. So I feel like we are, we are entering a what I would consider to be the best era of TNA personally. I, I will continue to watch and see if that, that sticks out. So your, 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 your favorite uh, part of TNA is Rhino then. No, but the Samoa Joe and the Daniels and all of that age, you know, I don't love AJ Styles as much as, as I thought I did, but he is talented. There's no doubt about that. So, Yes. So that would be my piece of positivity. I watched that uh, today and was quite enjoying it. All right. Okay. What about you? Do you got something? Do you want again? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I was trying to think, even think about what I've been doing this week. And I, I've been reading a lot of different manga and things like that, but nothing really stands out. Just kind of just mm-hmm. trying a few different things. And I will I mention, yeah. I will mention uh, Chip, friend of the show, Chip had posted on Twitter and said, I'm looking, you know, give me an anime recommendation, just not Dragon Ball Z. And I did recommend uh, Free Run. Yeah. It's called for, uh, I watched the trailer for Free Run. Um, I don't know why I expected it to, for some reason I was like, wow, this looks really like an anime. I don't know why that was surprising to me, considering it is an anime. Uh, but, the trailer was enjoyable, and I was glad to know what I knew about it. Uh, but I made that suggestion to Chip. He never got back to me, so I don't know if he watched it or not. But I'm 
I'm trying to spread the good word of Doc Manson's recommendation. Yeah, I thought that one was real good. Um, I don't know if I've talked about it on the show. I did finish up season one of um, Zomb 100, uh, Zombie, no, uh, Zomb 100, Bucket List of the Dead. I don't know if I've talked about it before. That's a Never manga, anime. Um, they just, they just, there was a long pause between, like, I think the first eight episodes and the last four uh, to finish off the season. Um, they need more time to finish the animation, I guess. And I will say, I think the first half of the season is better than the second half, but I really enjoyed that show. I thought it was uh, a fun twist on zombies and. You know, the Japanese culture is sort of, I mean, I would say if notorious for a couple of different things. But one of the things is, you know, their work culture and um, overworking and things like that. So it was sort of interesting, again, the sort of interesting premise for this series is, you know, the zombie apocalypse has essentially allowed the main character, Akira, to not have to go to work and feel like he's drowning in work. And so now he's going to live his life to the fullest because of the freedom that the zombie apocalypse has allowed him. And it's a little bit more complicated than that. There is actually some, um, it's not just like wacky or whatever. There's actually some heartfelt growth and character development stuff. But I would say it's it's a clever premise, an interesting juxtaposition. I really like their use of psychedelic colors. Um, like, obviously, it's a show with zombies and there ought to be blood and grew and the sort of grossness, but they they cover it all up with like with blood splatters. It's like this rainbow color splattering that paints things, and it's a very interesting visual style. And again, a really clever premise. And again, I think I like the first half better than the second. I think it, towards the end of the season they start going into more traditional zombie trope stuff. Um, but I think overall, very clever and enjoyable. So I guess I'll give it to Zom 100. I think there was also maybe a movie on Netflix not that long ago that's based off of the same source material. I haven't seen that, though. Uh, I'm just talking about the anime, which I thought was pretty well done. So if not the chip is listening, but Free Run and Zom 100, Bucket List of the Dead. I'd give that a recommendation. I, I presume Chip is always listening. I presume. I presume. I think Chip, Bill Neville... Eddie McCabe, Jason Maltov, they're all listening. Yeah, but not that Liam Stryker guy. He's a dick. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. Yeah. yeah. What I do know is that this fun-filled episode is coming to an end. Uh, thank you to Doc Manson for taking the time to, uh, to join us and to share a little bit of vulnerability with us. Again, we all are hoping the best for you and your family this week. Uh, Dr. Manson, anything else you would like to say before we head out into that good night? Well, if you'd like to have your thoughts right on the air, you can send us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. And if you like what you've heard, and I don't know who is listening at this point, uh, head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling. They give us just a little bit of financial support. It does help us keep the lights on. It keeps this podcast train a chugalugan along. Oh, thank you all. Chugalugan. Chugalugan. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Have yourselves a delightful week. I hope you succeed in all your endeavors. And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be a bestie? <laughs>